Good evening, Governor. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, people of all ages. You have come to the most awesome talk show in the universe, in my opinion, the First Amendment talk show brought to you by the people for the people. I am your host, Ace D.O.D., and it is nothing less than a pleasure, nay, it is nothing less than an honor to be here. Today, I have a very special guest, a very awesome person, a good friend of mine and of the whole world, actually. His name is Mr. Ed Bush. Let's give it up for Mr. Ed Bush, ladies and gentlemen. So, Mr. Ed Bush, is it okay if I call you Ed? Yeah, call me Ed. That'd be way better than Mr. Ed Bush. Ed, awesome. So, Ed, um, uh, would you would you care to give us a little background about who uh, who Ed is today? Yeah, I came into this valley, and I'm in I'm in the southwest Riverside County, St. Central Valley specifically is where my business is located. Um, came to the valley a few years ago. I've been traveling in this area pretty extensively since 2005. My wife and I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, raised our kids there. We had two sons, both of whom came out to California to go to college back uh, around the turn of the century, 2000, 2001. They came home in December of 04, said, hey, we're not coming back to Atlanta. So my wife and I decided to relocate to Southern California. I was in ministry for years, almost 25 years. I was a full-time pastor, supplemented my income by being a life insurance, health insurance, annuities, sales guy. If you're the only one in the insurance business, you, you know what I'm talking about. Um, yeah. but, you know, I, I was very active in churches for a long, long time. Um, interestingly enough, in 2000 and, it was in 2009, I was uh, studying through some stuff with my church in St. Clement and I stumbled on a verse in the book of Numbers. I think it's in chapter eight. I'm not good with book, chapter and verse, but Somewhere in the book of Numbers, it says, when the priest turns 50, he should no longer do the work in the temple, but allow the younger men to do the work. He can assist, uh, but it's, it's he should retire. And it's really the only place in the Bible that talks about retirement. And, and so I decided to take up take up God on his offer, so I retired. And uh, stepped away from full-time ministry work, had a boat down in San Diego. My wife and I ended up living on our boat down there in Chula Vista Marina, J Street Marina. For those of you in San Diego, you know what I'm talking about. Um, but, you know, I, I was selling insurance, just kind of hanging out, doing my own thing. And I got bored, literally just, you know, I don't enjoy working alone by myself. So I told my wife, I'm going to find something to do. And just kind of a God thing. I stumbled onto an ad on Craigslist that said, Creedy Funeral Advisor needed insurance license, preferred, call 619, blah, blah, blah. So I called the number, ended up interviewing with a gentleman named Seth Menso. He's with a company called Dignity Memorial SCI. They're the largest owner operator of cemeteries and funeral homes in the world. Didn't know it, didn't know anything about them. Didn't even know the company existed until I interviewed with him. Uh, actually was given an opportunity to go to work with the company. Worked in San Diego for a few years as a sales rep. Ended up being a manager at Greenwood Cemetery. Huge cemetery, one of the largest in San Diego County. Um, worked there for a couple of years and then I was invited to go to Houston, Texas and I worked with their national sales manager development program. I was a trainer for the company for a few years. When I left Houston and come back to California, I had trained about 65, 67% of the sales managers that SCI had in the field at the time, which was way too many in my mind. I told uh, the guy who was the vice president of sales at the time, he still is by the way. I told Jerry Hurd, I said, look man, I said, if the numbers are really bad next year, you're going to kill me. 
because I didn't do a good job training and managers. So I, I left Houston, came back to California, worked at Westminster Cemetery for a while, and then I decided to uh, leave SCI, retired again, hanging out on a boat over in Long Beach. Um, insurance company saw my credentials on LinkedIn. They were looking for a rep for Southern California. So I went to work with this little insurance company called Security National Life, worked with them for a few years, ended up being the regional manager for the Western states, California, Arizona, Nevada. Took them from about one and a half million to $6 million in sales over the next few years. And COVID hit. And you know, if, if you live in Southern California, you know how bad it was to try to travel in Southern California when COVID was around and in its, in its full blown self. So, you know, I, one of my last trips, I had to pay a guy to Red Roof Inn in LA County to allow me to use his restroom. So I decided that was not a really good place for me to be. So I stopped traveling and ended up leaving the company and had made some connections with a little funeral home down in Temecula, England Family Mortuary. I went to work with them, loved what I was doing. I, I've enjoyed the funeral business ever since I went into the thing back in 2009 and uh, picked up my funeral director's license, opened a little satellite office for that company, and then decided to open my own place. And that's what brought me specifically to the Hemet St. Sindel Valley. I looked at several cities in Southwest Riverside County trying to find a place that would be a good a good location to open a new business and settle in Hemet, San Jacinto, simply because of the demographics of where this city is and who lives here. It's an amazing place. Um, you know, there's a lot of a lot of people in the world that, that kind of poo-poo on Hemet, San Jacinto, but that's only because they haven't been here. They don't know what's here. They don't know the opportunity that's here. They don't understand the people that are here. Um, there's some amazing families that have been here a long time, and there's some families that have recently moved here. and. It's just a wonderful, wonderful place to be. It's a very diverse group of people, diverse economically, socially, geographically, and that's why I opened here. You know, at one time, Emmett, California, probably had a greater net worth than a lot of places, including Wall Street in New York, because there were so many people who had retired here. It was a, it was a retirement mecca for years. Not quite the same retirement mecca that it used to be, but there's still a lot of people here who need the services of a funeral and mortuary. So that's why I decided to open here. Um, it's it's been great. That's awesome. That is a journey. Uh, that is a journey to say the least. That um, I'm o I'm only I don't know if it's safe to assume this, but I I'm gonna try to throw it in there. You probably have like all these awards and accolades and all these medals, right? Probably from the Olympics, even. Well, I, I'm not that good of an athlete. I. Uh... <laughs> Um, I'll just tell you, you know, I went to college, I actually went to college as a freshman to play baseball, a little junior college in Montgomery, Alabama, ended up meeting my future wife-to-be and gave up baseball and uh, pursued marriage in last June. I was celebrating my 44th year of marriage, so that's my greatest accolade. Um, not a lot of people that you know have been together for 44 years to the same wife. I got a really good friend in the area, He's, uh, he said, I've been married 25 years, but to five different women. I'm like, well... I got 44 and one, so I'll take my chances on that. But, yeah, that's uh, actually 43 years longer than your average uh, marriage nowadays, you know, so. Uh, I, I, hope it, I hope that statistic uh, is not actually correct, man. I hope it's a little <laughs> better than that. I know, I, know, yeah. I know divorce rate's still about 50%, but I hope people stay together more than a year. Oh, yeah, we can only hope. Yeah. Um, sure. We can only hope, right? That's all we can do. Expect nothing but hope for the best. That's there what I always say. Um so 
There's a lot of questions that people have uh, been sending me, Ed, to ask you because they're pretty intrigued about uh, uh, at least one of the businesses that you have, which I believe is currently um, the, biz- the business that you're running currently, which is the funeral home, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Memorial Funeral Services is the name of my mortuary. Um, I am located in Emmett specifically. The address is 1111 South State Street in Emmett. Uh, for those of you who are in the Emmett area, you know they built a new McDonald's over here on Stetson. I'm literally across the street from the new McDonald's. So if you if you drove through and got a coffee and you were waiting in line to get a coffee, you looked at my building. You may not have realized it, but you did. I, uh, I leased what used to be a Bank of Hemet 20, 25 years ago as a Bank of Hemet building and converted the inside. I, I have a chapel here that can see any, any amount of people that typically will come to a funeral these days. It is very rare that a funeral in Southern California will attract more than 35 or 40 people. So we can easily accommodate for most funerals. Um, I converted the bank vault into my refrigeration unit. So I have the safest place in all of California to keep your loved one. If you're concerned about their well-being after they've passed, I have the safest place in the, in the state to keep them. Um, 18 inches of concrete thick on the ceiling floor and walls. Bulletproof and earthquake proof. So it's a good place to be if the walls come tumbling down. That is awesome. Yeah. So <clears throat> let me, let me uh, if you don't mind, Ed, um, let me ask you one of these uh, questions that I got here from young man from uh, Milwaukee Um, he wanted me to ask you you know with with what you do the business that you um, as 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 and this is coming from me as humble as you are right his question is um, how does that affect you uh, mentally spiritually maybe maybe even physically how does how does your 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 line of work affect you when you see um, things that something that's inevitable right we we all we're all going to get there someday, but you never really think about it. And, you know, sometimes when we say, let's say, for example, what would you do if a zombie came at you? You, you think you know what you're going to do, right? But at the end of the day, it doesn't hit you until it hits you, right? Right. So h- how do you deal with stuff like this on a daily basis? Well, truthfully, you know, the, the 20 plus years that I spent in ministry was a great precursor to preparing me for helping families cope with the loss of a loved one. Um, you know, I, I, I spent a lot of years helping people think about what's going to happen after they pass and where they're going to be. And then making the transition to literally sitting with the family or an individual and talking with them about a funeral arrangement uh, or actually helping them make the funeral arrangements if death had already occurred. Um, there's a there's a heart of empathy and compassion that I have that I'll just say there are a lot of people in the industry they don't have there's some amazing people that work in the funeral and cemetery business it does take a special soul it does take a unique individual who has the capacity to deal with loss on a, on a day in and day out basis um, but, but, uh, but at the same time that I say that, I, and I, I've told my wife this many times, I said, if I ever come home and I've told you about serving a family and a tear didn't come to my eye serving that family, I need, to, I need to get out of the business. And I feel very strongly about that. I know a lot of guys and, and women in the business who've been in a long time. It is, a, it is strictly business for them. And that's all well and good. It's just not who I am. Um, I, I have a real heart for those that I serve and I have a heart full of empathy and compassion 
and an understanding that even though people think that death is a certainty, the reality is death is only a doorway that takes you into eternity. And I, and I try to help people understand that this isn't the end. It's just, just the passing. This is just the transition from a physical life where you breathe air and you have a mind and you have a body that are functioning as, as the dwelling place for your soul. There's more to this than just being here right now. And I, I try to I try to express that in, in various and sundry ways and different kinds of ways to different people based upon who they are and what their experiences in life have been. More than anything, I just try to help them understand that your loved one isn't here to talk with you, but they're still here with you. And that, you know, that's even biblical. I mean, if, if anyone knows anything about Jesus and any of the teachings, even in the Old Testament, there are a lot of times where those who had passed came back and had some expression, some presence in the lives of those who were living. It isn't the end. And so I try to help bring that sense of understanding and help them understand that the emptiness and loneliness that you're going to experience in the absence of your loved one is a place to be filled with a longing and a desire to see them on the other side. And uh, that's, that's helped a lot of people. And I, I, try to, I try to carry that message with me in any time that I'm serving a family. This is not the end. This is just a doorway, a transition into that which is going to be eternal. That is awesome. So uh, I, I understand, you know, I totally agree with you when, uh, when you do say that um, most people that do business, specifically, you know, the billionaires that we have nowadays, they do it more for the money yeah. than the actual thought of helping people out and their families so for that alone i mean nothing but respect for for um in that aspect for you ed um and i'm pretty sure all my listeners would agree that you know they rather deal with somebody who's humble and wants to help them out rather than just take their money especially at times like this when we're hurt right we're hurt i mean we lose somebody sometimes we lose somebody who who makes us go who makes us click who who i mean at the end of the day we all we all maybe not know but it's it's been said you know that all we really need is god to go to click but you know we're human so we're social animals and when we lose that special someone um we feel like our life is is, is over right a lot of people do yeah and, and the reality is there's a huge transition and change and adjustment that people have to make when they lose someone that's very very close to them um, whether it's a parent, a, a sibling, a, a child, or a spouse, uh, when 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 that when that door is opened and you walk through the front door and you expect to see Fred sitting in his chair and Fred's not there, that hits you like a brick the first few times that you walk in. Um, if you're used to seeing mom in the kitchen doing what she does on Saturdays and Sundays when you get up from that long week of work and she isn't there anymore. And that's hard. And there, there isn't any way to describe it other than it is hard. And it is difficult to work through that. But, but the fact is that the old adage that time, time will heal all wounds is true. And with time and with proper understanding and even sometimes with uh, counseling and coaching, an individual can learn how to survive, and not just survive, but to thrive again in life 
even when that one who is so close to them is not with them in, in, in person, physically there. It's possible to learn how to move on. You can. Right, right. I would say that maybe it turns into a scar, right? Because it's uh, we learn to cope with that loss, but we, you know, we, when we remember that person, you know, that we went to Disneyland with, like every weekend, or the, those two individuals that we used to call parents, and we still do, but you know, more in a human uh, sort of way. Um, when we remember, you know, these two individuals taking us to school and they're not there anymore, I think. It becomes a scar, right? It becomes something that is there, but you learn to live with. Well, I, I would prefer to call it a fond memory than a scar, because a scar, that I, when I think of a scar, I just hurt myself, and I'm going to look at that thing for the rest of my life. I don't want to do that. <laughs> Something ugly, right? Yeah, but but, but memories are, are real. Um, you know, I, I I got a son that lives in Phoenix, and he and his wife have a business that do a lot with neuroscience and coaching and all that kind of stuff, and I don't want to get into that and get sidetracked, but I, I do believe that the human mind, the brain has the capacity to recall anything and everything that we've ever experienced. We just have to choose what we're willing to recall. Um, and, and the mind has an amazing capacity to help us remember things. It also has an amazing capacity to help us not remember things. And so when we have lost a loved one, my, you know, my hope and prayer for those that uh, I get to service that the memories that they have will be positive reflections that the mind allows them to recall and reflect upon. And that brings comfort, you know, remembering, hey, I remember going to Disneyland. I remember doing Disney World. I remember, you know, going skiing up in Big Bear. I, I remember the things that the family did. I remember the vacations. I remember my dad wearing my butt out because I did something that was wrong, and but he helped me learn how to be better, you know? Th those are those are memories that you, that you want to carry with you. Those are good things to have. And so embrace those and hold on to them reflect on them often because they'll bring you they'll bring you peace right so would you say ed would you agree or disagree that uh a live person is uh more valuable than a memory well if you have a good relationship with them for sure if it's an abusive relationship you know figure out how to get out of that thing but yeah right. a lot, typically speaking and generally speaking a live person is going to be way way better to to have fun with and get along with than someone who's passed it's um you know that physical touch that healing that, that we experience when someone hugs us that emotion that we get to feel when someone kisses us on the cheek that cares deeply for us those are those are experiences that uh, you know you can't always replace with a memory so those are super valuable but at the same time you have to realize that there's going to come a day when the person that you care for the most is not there because either they left or you've left and uh then you have to figure out how to move on from that day to live out the rest of your life with fulfillment and passion. Right, I hear you. And I only ask because I do know of a lot of individuals, I mean, I'm guilty myself of it from time to time, who forget that we're gonna lose, you know, the ones we love and we're, we're a little harsher on them. We're a little more distant than we should be, you know, from them. And I've noticed a lot of folks, you know, they, uh, they hold on to a lot of regret because they couldn't say the last I love you, yeah. you know? And I always tell people, Ed, um, love is the key. You know, um, you as a religious person, um, you know, I, you, you probably uh, read the uh, Ten Commandments and would understand that every single one of those um, comes down to love, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, so 
I don't want to turn it, turn this into a religious thing, but um, just one quick question that somebody wanted me to ask you um, when it comes to the field that you work in. Uh, do you believe that life itself is but a test? You know, in, in some respects, I think that's a true statement. Life is a test. Um, depending upon one's personal beliefs about their faith and faith and what, whatever God they choose to serve, um, how the test ends and, and the outcome of the test is determined based upon one's beliefs. Um, you know, there, there are a lot of people in the world that believe in reincarnation and life is certainly a test for them because if they didn't do a really good job, they're kind of come, they're coming back as a frog or an ant or something of lesser uh, state of being than what they're in right now. And then there are those who are, you know, Judeo-Christian belief that, that feel like when life is over and you've done everything you can, you've done the best you can, there's a gracious and merciful God who is going to look upon you with favor and say, hey, come on home. You've done well, as well as you could. I got your back. I covered you when you couldn't cover yourself and uh, welcome home. So, yeah, life is a test. There's no doubt. The, the beauty of it is uh, the answer to the test has already been given and we can take hope in knowing what those answers are. Right on, right on. That is awesome. Round of applause for Ed, ladies and gentlemen. I want to take this time, Ed, to uh, invite all our listeners out there, and I want to talk directly to you guys and, and gals out there. Uh, thank you for, for supporting this program. Uh, this program is truly created by the people for the people. So it is a program created by me, by you, by Ed, for me, you, and Ed. Always remember, we are not always 100% truly independent. We always depend on someone or something. If you are religious, it is God and the celestial beings, but also the people down here. If you are not religious, it is you and I, I and you. Now, if you have anything to uh, to chat, if you want to chime in and add anything or ask at anything, ask me about this topic or any other uh, episodes that we've had in the past. We are in nine different episodes. Um, I'm sorry, not episode platforms podcast platforms we are on amazon music google podcast we are on Castbox, pocket cast uh stitcher anchor spotify and i believe radio public we're also on social media platforms such as instagram we are on tiktok we are on facebook at first amendment talk show at facebook you can also reach me in my personal profile acdod again i am your host acdod and once again, thank you all. I really appreciate it for coming in. We are with Ed. Ed, so again, it is it is a pleasure. No, no, it is an honor to have you here, buddy. You are um, one of the most awesome people that I've uh, that I've that I've that I've known when it comes to this sort of sort of stuff. This industry is hard um, enough. I mean, it's hard enough to lose somebody, right? And working in this industry, I'm sure you know you've. You've had a little bit of change for the positive, right? Um, because we live and we learn, and that's the key word. We live as long as we're living. You know, we have to learn, or we should learn. Um, and I bet you've learned a lot, right? When it when it comes to seeing all these families and uh, the emotions and the attachments that you know you might even take home, right? Was there? Have you ever had any any phase that's been very difficult? or any any let's say any um client or customer or or any situation in your field that's that's just uh almost unbearable you know there are a couple of situations that came up um 
I lost, not long after I entered into the funeral business, cemetery business, I lost my dad. He died of colon cancer 11 years ago, June. And I, I remember I, I went back to Alabama. He lived near Huntsville, Alabama, went home back to see him before he passed, spent several days with him in the hospital. And then when I came back to work, I was at Greenwood Cemetery and I, I called my staff together that worked with me. And I said, hey, look guys, I just want you to know that I just came home from, or just came back from my dad's funeral. And I can just tell you right now that my brain is jello. My emotions are a wreck because it's never a good day to lose your dad. Um, and, and so those, those few days and weeks after I got back from that were really tough for me. I remember um, the first day back at work, I had to assist a family at graveside at the cemetery. And I, I just had to turn around and walk away and I ended up going home at like 11.30 that morning just because I couldn't take it, it's just too much. It's overwhelming. And, and, and another situation I recall, one of the hardest things that I ever had to witness, a, a man and woman, husband and wife had lost a child, Miss Gary, a baby, and they wanted to place the baby at the cemetery. And I saw a man get down on his knees and place his child uh, in, in that little grave site. That was one of the hardest things I ever saw. Um, you know, I've, I've stood at, I've, I've attended hundreds of funerals, graveside, funeral homes, chapels, churches, literally hundreds of them. And I, I think the hardest thing that I take away every, almost every time I'm at a service is just trying to help people understand that it's okay not to say anything. And it's okay to just be there. Um, you don't always have to say a lot of words when someone dies. Just your physical presence with those who've lost someone will mean more than them, more to them than any words that you can ever say. Because trust me, no words are gonna bring them back. You know, and I would I would love to have the ability as Jesus did occasionally to raise somebody from the dead. He, he didn't do that very often by the way. Um, but you know that would be nice. But I, I don't have that ability right now. Maybe well someday in my life. I don't know. God can still do that if he wanted to. Right, we don't have superpowers yet, right? Yeah, you know, I, I don't have any in my back pocket. But, you know, just just being there is it's more than it's more than enough. You don't have to right. have words and help. You know, that's honestly, that's one of the hardest things to convey with those who are at funerals and have lost loved ones. You don't have to say anything. Just being there, holding their hand, giving them a hug, just sitting by them. Your presence is more than words are ever going to accomplish. So, uh, right, I hear you. Don't, don't be afraid to just be there. Don't be afraid to just be in the room and be with them because it, it means a lot. I hear you, Ed. I do tell people all the time, people close to me and uh, people that I chat with, when they ask me about, you know, how would I, how would I like to go out, uh, or whatever the case may be, right? I, I don't know yet, but I do tell people that, you know, don't cry for me because I'm actually, that, I mean, I say it as, as a joke, but I tell them, you know, that'd be kind of selfish if you cry for me because I'm going to a better place. I'm out of here, you know, I'm not, sure. I, don't, I don't have to work anymore. I don't have to pay bills. I'm out of here. So please do not be selfish and cry for me. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Cry for me, smile. I'm going to go to a better yeah. place and we'll see you all you too, all of you too. So, you know, don't worry about it. Death, I believe is uh is a necessity to keep the cycle going um and life is a luxury just remember that folks death death will come but don't think about it too much uh 
because life is still still going you know yeah. um luxury versus a, a, a necessity or a luxury plus a necessity that's the way we live with a bunch of choices and options within the luxury right yeah i, um, I would encourage i would encourage your listeners to think about it though and and in the process of thinking about it um let someone in the family know what your preferences are i remember years ago a very good friend he was from the state of louisiana his grandfather owned a cemetery and funeral home in louisiana and he passed unexpectedly and he had not actually made his own funeral arrangements and the wife of the gentleman the grandmother my friend uh she had to make his funeral arrangements without his input and he owned the blasted cemetery and the funeral home, but she didn't really know what he wanted to do and my friend visited with his grandmother some 20 years after his grandfather had passed and they went to the cemetery they were walking back to the car he was holding her arm and she looked at her grandson and she said glenn do you think we did right by your granddad i cannot imagine her having to carry that question with her for 20 something years because her husband who owned the cemetery and the funeral home had not really had even a 10 minute conversation with her to tell her what he wished for himself when he passed. So you might not call a funeral home, you might not call me and prearrange and make payments, all that kind of stuff. But I, I would encourage your listeners, regardless of how old they are, to have a conversation with those that they care the most about and let them know, hey, you know what? I don't think I'm going anywhere and I'm not planning to check out anytime soon, but whenever the day comes, if something does happen to me, I would like you to do X with me. And X is either bury in a casket or provide some kind of cremation service, but let the family know because it's better to know than to spend the rest of your life or forcing your family to spend the rest of their life wondering, I wonder if we did the right thing. Because that's not a question you want to leave them with ponder for the rest of their lives. Right, I hear you. That's an extra burden, right? So communication is key yeah. to any relationship, absolutely, past, present, or future. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're absolutely right. I do agree with you, Ed. I, I do think that uh, <clears throat> communication is is uh, key to pretty much everything and anything when it comes to our, you know, uh, I don't want to say only physical connection, but spiritual, mental, what have you. Um, but yeah, I, I do agree. So. So Ed, let me ask you this: When it comes to um, the, your site, right? It's in it's in Hemet, California. Correct. Yes. Do you have multiple locations? Now, just the one right now. My goal is to open some more. Um, you know, we're starting starting with one location. Um, there, you know, there's a company in the in the valley called Miller Jones. They've been around for 35, 40 years or so. They had six or seven locations. Had a great company. They sold SCI year and a half ago. Don't blame them. I mean, they were presented with a phenomenal offer for the family and they accepted it. And God bless them for having done what they've done for the Valley and providing funeral services over here. I don't think I'll ever be able to duplicate what they've done because I don't want I don't want that to work that many more years. But the fact is I do have plans to have additional locations in the future and um, something that we're working toward. Yeah, but I started in Hemet. For a reason, and uh, we're here, like I said earlier, at 1111 South State Street in California. Awesome. And what, uh, for all the listeners out there, what does your schedule look like? What are, are you guys open, you know, certain hours, certain days? The office is open Monday through Friday from 9 to 5. 
uh, my phone never turns off. I mean, I literally, I got a phone call this morning at 5.30. And interestingly enough, I heard the individual who I was speaking with speak to someone uh, that she was in the room with and said, hey, this, they finally, somebody finally answered the phone, which blows my mind that they would have called the funeral home before me and someone didn't answer the phone. But I answer my phone 24 hours a day. So if you call oh, after hours, yeah, if you call after hours after five, the phones ring to my cell phone. And I answer the call 24 seven. Um, you know, I, right now I do removals myself. Sometimes I have another team that do removals as well, but anyone who gives us a call is going to have direct interaction with me through the process of the funeral arrangement and, and whatever, whatever size or capacity of, of funeral arrangements that they make, whether it's a drug cremation or a full casketed service with a viewing and rosary and mass and all the things that go with that. So, Ed, um, there was uh, this young lady from Texas. Uh, she wants to remain anonymous, um, but she wanted me to ask you if, as a child, uh, did you ever think about ending up in a in an industry like this, or, or did you want to be something different as, as a child growing up? If you had asked me 20 years ago if I'd ever be in the funeral business, I said, well, you've lost your mind. No. I, I never thought I would ever be in this business. It was one of those things that just kind of happened to show up in my life at the right time. I, that's why I refer to it kind of as a God thing. You know, I didn't know I wanted to do this. I wasn't even sure what I was going to talk about when I went for the initial interview, other than somebody wanted to talk to me about selling prearranged funerals. You know, I was an insurance salesman. I was just thinking as insurance. I didn't realize at the time at all that it would take me on a career that would, you know, take me from literally doing everything in a cemetery except sitting on a backhoe to owning my own mortuary at some point. Never would have dreamed it in a million years, but here we are. Right, I hear you. Life takes you into different caves and through yeah. different direction valleys, huh? Yeah, and, and don't be afraid to walk through that door. You don't know until you try. Right, I hear you. So how, 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 how large has uh, has your has your relationship with God or your religion been in your journey? How can you just even describe it in words? Um, it's foundational to everything that I do. Um, I, uh, you know, like I mentioned to you earlier, I, I was in full time ministry for a little over twenty years, almost twenty five years, and had some great experiences. Um, helped a lot of people. But the thing that probably has been the golden thread that's woven itself through my life is just realizing that wherever I go, whatever I do, if I will approach everything with an expectation that God's going to show up somewhere in this thing, He generally shows up. And I, you know, I, I remember hearing a gentleman, guy's name is Randy Mayhew. A pastor for a church in Texas somewhere I don't even know where. I heard him at Pepperdine University over 30 years ago, almost 40. And uh, he made a comment. He said he longs for moments of transcendence when God comes down. And that just stuck with me. Don't know why. Couldn't tell you, but it was just one of those expressions that I heard. It's like, that makes sense. And so I live for those moments. And that doesn't happen all the time. It's not several times a day. It's not even necessarily several times a week, but I long for those moments when I know 
that I know that I know that God's in the middle of all this thing. And that's just kind of how I decided to live my life. I, I had a gentleman share with me years ago. He, uh, he's, there, there are two passages that kind of became my mantra for living. He said, God's not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and of a sound mind. Though the mountains tumble in the sea and the earth be done away, I'll not be afraid. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. So that's been something that's stayed with me forever. And I live by those. And that's how how I choose to live my life and how I choose to function every day. That is awesome. Would you say that uh, fear is a creation of evil? Fear is straight from the devil. Fear is a lie. It, it is uh, it is something that Satan uses to keep us from doing all kinds of things. Now, there is a healthy fear. You know, you don't want to fall in the hands of a living God. I think the Bible says that somewhere. I have a very healthy fear of disobeying God. He says, hey, sorry, buddy, but see you on the other side. That doesn't excite me, but... The kind of fear that generally people are speaking of, where you're afraid to do something, that's Satan. That's Satan. If 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 believers really understood the authority that we have and that God has given us over Satan and over the power of the enemy, we have nothing to be afraid of. Paul wrote, our battle is not against flesh and blood, it's, it's against principalities and powers of the air. There's no man alive that I should fear because of who he is. Now, he might be able to whip me because there are a lot of guys stronger than me. That's not what I'm talking about. But fears, fears of the devil, it's of the enemy. It's, it's something that he uses to distract us and to keep us from doing amazing things that I think God wants us to do. Kind of sort of to uh, have us uh, um, shackled, right? And uh, enslaved into what Absolutely. plan yeah. may be. Uh, right now, as you can see, Ed, uh, society's taking a... I don't want to say a U-turn yet. Uh, we were going pretty pretty well, I should say, back in the 90s. But uh, it took a pretty weird turn. And right now, um, the fights that we're having against each other, it, it, they're so childish, you know. Um, and this is worldwide. I mean, it, it, obviously, it stems from trends and, and whatever you see in social media and stuff. But do you believe that all this stuff that's going on is part of evil, part of doubt and hate, self self uh self hate and hate for others i think it's a uh a designed systematic destruction of people that satan is pouring onto the world to keep us from doing great things there's a wonderful story in the book of genesis where the story is told of the Tower of Babel. If anyone knows it, it's about where languages are confounded. You know, all the people come together, they want to build a tower. God looks down and says, hey, the building tower, confound the languages so they won't be able to do it. But in the middle of that story, the God who created those people who are coming together, God makes this statement. He says, nothing they plan will be impossible for them. When a people with one language decide to do something, nothing they plan will be impossible for them. And when people come together with one heart and mind and one purpose, they do amazing things. I mean, impossible things. But when we allow distractions and distortions and all kinds of slander and, you know, misappropriated words to be said about other people, 
All it does is allow Satan to conquer and divide and destroy. And so it all right becomes, it comes back to it's a spiritual battle that we're facing. It's not Democrat and Republican. It's not black and white. It's not Asian and Hispanic. It's not that. It's a battle that Satan is is battling with good and evil, and he's, you know, he's throwing a lot of stuff at people right now. And unfortunately, we have a a world that's consumed with social media and all kinds of stuff, and it just propagates it and puts it out there, and in a much more advanced and uh, readily available way than we've ever been able to before. I, I would offer to you that nothing's really changed. I mean, it really hasn't. These these kinds of conversations have been going on forever and I'm in. Um, it's just that we're a lot more aware of what's going on. I mean, 100 years ago, it would have taken four months for us to know that there were riots in France. And now we have live feed. You know, 100 years ago, no one knew what was going on in Africa. And they were, they were in the midst of wars and slavery and all kinds of stuff 100 years ago in Africa. Um, you know, it's, it's just the world that we live in because everything is so instantaneous. And we literally have live feed of everything momentarily at the time that's happened. You know, we're inundated with a whole lot of information that causes us to have knee-jerk reactions rather than pausing and contemplating and really thinking about what a better, maybe a correct response would be. Awesome. So, Ed, with that, with with that topic, uh, I know we, we we veered a little bit off the um, the topic of your funeral home, but with this topic here, I actually uh, um, I want to continue it if you like. You know, one of these days, sure. I actually have for all you folks out there that listen that have heard the episode of um, the Eternal War for Humankind that I have out. I actually wanted to make a second episode, and hopefully, Ed will join me. Um, it would be it would be a pleasure, Ed, if you did. I mean, we talk about. Um, stuff like this, the eternal, uh, the eternal war for humankind. Since right. before, you know, mankind has has been here. We are but we are but a pawn to what is a bigger picture out there that we may not be able to see. Of course, you know, individuals who are atheists, they believe we just live and die. Um, but there's other religions out there who believe that there is an eternal uh, war for humankind. Maybe not for humankind, but you know, for our souls, right? Sure. Um, so hopefully we can continue this in another episode i would be stoked to do so um for now though i'll give you the floor ed let the folks know out there you know who ed is where they can find you what you can do for them and you know anything you want them to know maybe some some last uh last quotes uh inspirational quotes that you have since i know you're such a great man go ahead i, pre I appreciate that and thanks for the opportunity to be on the show with you today ace i really do appreciate it it's been an honor to be with you um, you know, the one thing that I would offer to the listening audience is simply this. If you are in a situation where you or a loved one or a friend or family or are facing hard decisions about what's going to happen because you know that death is imminent or pending, just don't wait until the morning after someone passes to give us a call. Call ahead, plan ahead. I promise you it won't be, it won't be as hard if you make the arrangements before death occurs. It's harder after the fact, regardless of how well or ill an individual may be, it's easier to do it before. And then the second the second thing I would encourage your listeners to consider is call us and allow us to work with you through whatever circumstances that you're faced with. I mean, I had a young lady who 
called me a few weeks ago. Her grandmother showed up. I was uh, privileged to be able to care for her grandmother after she had passed, and she wasn't sure how she was going to pay for it. And I'm like, well, I said, uh, the most important thing that we need to take care of right now is just take care of your grandmother, and we'll worry about getting it paid for when we get it paid for. And she was kind of blown away. She's like, what do you mean? I'm like, just promise me you won't have a GoFundMe account. I said, I'll work with you to get it paid for. Just let's just take care of your grandmother and not worry about the money today. So don't be afraid to call me and, and talk about whatever circumstances you're in because I'm not afraid to work with you and I'm willing to work with folks regardless of, of what's going on in their world because I say it all the time, there's never a good day to have a funeral. And for Pete's sake, I'm in the funeral business, but there's never a good day for a funeral. No family ever really wants to have a funeral. Uh, the day I buried my father, it was not a good day. Um, and I know where he was going. I mean, the man was a preacher for 40 plus years. So I know where he's at, where he was going, but it wasn't a good day for my family. It's never a good day. So plan ahead allows to take care of circumstances and situations that you may think are insurmountable and, and very, very challenging and difficult. We'll work with you, let us help you out to make things just a little bit easier. And then the last thing I would share, one of the one of the expressions and statements that has been made about working with us at Memorial Funeral Services since we opened last October, I can't tell you how many families have told me, Ed, you made this so easy. And the reality is I try to make it easy. It's hard enough to lose a loved one, whether it's a spouse or kid or friend, it's hard enough to lose them. But to have to be, you know, given a hardcore sales pitch or upsold or, you know, some funeral director sitting with you and trying to get you to do this and this and this, which are, you know, those are all well and good and they might have their place, but they're not necessary at the same time. So I make it easy on families. I make it really easy. Um, and and that, that's something that I am personally proud of. That I can sit with families and make it easy on them and make the conversation easier simply because of the way that we approach the conversation and help families work through the situation. So give us an opportunity to serve your family. We're here for the community. We serve all of Southwest Riverside County. I've gone into San Bernardino County. I've gone into LA County. I've gone into Orange County. We're not afraid to travel all over Southern California to help families if they need our assistance. So give us a call. My, my phone number, you can post it. I can give it to you now, but uh, call us anytime. We're open 24-7. The office hours are 9 to 5. But uh, if you call the, call the phone after hours, you're going to get to listen or get to talk to me. Awesome, Ed. Thank you. So a round of applause and a standing ovation wouldn't be enough. But that's all I got. I mean, words cannot explain the uh, the, the thankfulness that we have for individuals um, as humble as yourself that are willing to help. So round of applause and standing ovation for my buddy Ed here. Thank you. You are but a blessing, my friend, to have here on earth. And we thank God for individuals like yourself that give us strength to go on at our hardest times on a daily basis. So thank you for coming in, Ed. It has been an honor to have you here. And hopefully we can continue our conversations on the next one. Uh, for all you folks out there, always remember love and respect will take you a long way. And I promise you, you'll have a great day. Until next time, and God bless.